Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Esther talks to me. She's a lovely lady. She sits on my bed. She doesn't stay long and she tells me she owns the clock. That's about all she said. You're listening to The Ghost Files, the podcast where everyday people share their extraordinary experiences with the spirit world. My name is Karina Machado. I'm a journalist who spent more than a decade telling stories about the spirit world through my books, Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell and Love Never Dies, as well as my podcasts, Spirit Sisters, and now this show, The Ghost Files. My guest today, Kerry Schlom, a yoga instructor from the Sunshine Coast, has a fascinating story to tell involving a dream and a lonely old spirit lady who took her love for her home and belongings with her to the grave and beyond. She wasn't shy about letting her feelings be known, as Kerry and her family found out. Thank you for joining me on The Ghost Files, Kerry. No problem, Karina. (laughs) It's lovely to be here today. Great. Now, your story takes place around 15 years ago when your That's brother right. in, yes, when your brother-in-law purchased an old home that he planned to demolish to make way for a block of units. Is that right, Kerry? That's right. Yes, yep. Okay. And so what was the first that you heard of his plans? My sister and I have always had an interest in old places because we have that ability to touch into, I suppose, the psychic world. We just love going into old houses. So anyway, cut a long story short, my sister rang me and she said, look, Russell is going to knock down a bull down a house at Hornsby Heights in Sydney and uh, you're coming down tomorrow, so would you like to come and see it? And I said, oh, yeah. And she said, oh, it's, you know, it's really old. It was an old fibro place and she said, oh, she's still got some of the knickknacks. And I said, yep, I'll be in that. And, you know, so that's how it all started. That's how I found out about it. So did you have an opinion about sort of your brother-in-law bulldozing an old home or yeah, I kind of you kind of feel sad because yeah. you know that places have an energy, and just because those people have moved on or they've died, it's like your 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 body when you die. You know, your spirit probably still is on, but your body's just a shell. Well, it's the same with a house. So I always feel sad that it's going to be so final that it's bulldozed, and and you sort of think about what's gone on in that house. And I do. I get it. I my brother-in-law. Couldn't care less. He said, bulldoze it. You know, he's going to, he wants apartments there. He doesn't give a, you know, mm. a rat's about anything yeah. else. He just wants that house gone. He doesn't have that sentimental value that I would or my sister would. So, yeah, felt, yeah. felt very sad. I understand so that. Nice I, I relate to that, Kerry. Yeah, that sadness. Yes. I do love old homes. Yes, yeah. So, um, you know, you sort of can visualise people that own the place and, and um, when you walk into and you kind of just get that feeling and to think that it's so final that it's going to be bulldozed and then, you know, I don't know, just um, I, I do find it really sad. So it was I felt nice that I could actually visit that place. So yes. the, the night before you had planned with your sister to go and see the house and see the old knickknacks, you had a dream. Please tell us about yeah, your I, dream. 
Yeah, I did, Karina. I um, well, the funny thing was I'd forgotten about the dream the next morning, but the dream was that this lady had contacted me, and she probably did say a name, Esther, and you know, because I don't retain names very well unless I write it down. So I knew it was started with E. And anyway, she she contacted me in my dream, and she said, "Look, I know you're going to visit my house tomorrow." I mean, everything had been moved out, but there was just a few knickknacks. You know, when you move house and you just have a few things left, you know, that are not of great value, but of course they would have been to her. Mm. And she said, look, you're going to go through my things. You're going to go into my kitchen and there's a few little things that are left there and I really don't want you touching them. She said, they're of no great value to you or anyone. You know, they weren't diamonds or, you know, (laughs) money or anything like that. It was probably just junk jewellery, but at the same time, it was her possessions. And she said to me, I know you're going to visit, but please don't go through my stuff. I don't want you rifling through things. And I'd forgotten about it, and it wasn't until we'd gone into the house the next day that it came back. The dream came back to you. But just before we go on to what happened in the house when you went the next Mm -hmm. day, um, could you see her in your dream? Could you see what this lady looked like? Yeah, I didn't actually see her. I kind of get more of a sense and I I knew she was obviously old and I kind of saw her a little bit feeble. You know, she wasn't a big woman. So I don't actually see it. I sense that that's what they look like because I do have that, I suppose, psychic ability. I always see it, but I can sense what they look like. That's that's how I kind of, and I had it in my mind. She's obviously lived to a ripe old age, whatever age that was. I don't know. I don't even know what her family were like, but we know it was a deceased estate. So she'd obviously either moved on to a nursing home or something like that. Mm. So yeah, I'd say she was an old. That's how I picked up. But then when I went into the house and and I took it further into a story, which we'll talk about later, you know, I looked at her as being young and, you know, young kids and things like that. And her message, how did that come through to you in your dream? Was it like, could you hear a voice in your dream or how did you get this very detailed message? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, you kind of hear a voice and she was very clear, you know, she was talking to me and I just felt a sense of sadness that, we were going into a house and I think that's why she was hanging around because she was trying to protect that life that she once had. Okay, so the next day you turned up at the house. Mm-hmm. Before you tell us what happened, just paint a little picture of the house for us. Yeah, it was um, it was very overgrown in the front because, I mean, they were going to bulldoze it so it was, you know, dilapidated. It was an old post-war fibro place, had a little front porch. And like remnants, maybe where garden they could have had, I think it was an old chook shed, things like that. So we went in via the back door. My brother-in-law, Russell, was digging a trench, I don't know what for, and um, it was a really gloomy day, so it kind of added to, you know, the whole scene. Um, Mm. It was in the middle of winter and it was cold and, you know, rainy and the whole lot. So, yeah, just a little unloved-looking home mm. and, and there was still probably, I'd say the curtains were still in the window but they are all limp and sad-looking. And so we'd, we'd gone in via the back door and there was like a little porch at the back there. There was – and then you walk through the kitchen 
and into the lounge room and the lounge room had a, a little fireplace. You know those really tiny little ones? Yes. And you wonder whether they <laughs> would give out any heat, to yes. be honest with you. But that's how they were back then, I suppose. Um, yeah, but it was just a just a very, very basic post-war fibro home. Okay. Yeah. And at what point did you remember the dream that you had? Was it when you immediately well, walked in? Yeah, well, no, not straight away. We we did a bit of a bit of a tour around, and my sister said, "Oh, you know, there's old letters over there, and there's you know, there's an old phone. It was like an, an old yellow phone, and um, and we're in the kitchen, and we were kind of just going through drawers, and and then we were we I my sister had found a box of jewels, just cheap jewelry, you know, yeah, old beads and old earrings and things like that, and loose beads. And we were rummaging through the box and it was that – and I kind of thought, hang on a minute, I feel as though I've been here. And then all of a sudden there was an old alarm clock that probably has never worked for years and years and that just went off, this alarm clock. And I and my sister said, well, that's weird. You know, why would an alarm clock go off, you know? And it fell onto the floor and that's mm. when the dream came back and I went, oh, my God. And she said, what's wrong? And I said – I think I know why the alarm. And she said, why? And I said, well, I said, um, the dream. I had this dream last night. The lady that owns this place, she said, um, she told us not to go through her things. We actually shouldn't even be in the house. And I just felt so bad. And I said to my sister, Jan, I said, oh, Jan, I don't really feel right about being here. I said, because she's, she said to me, please don't go through my things. And um, Jan's like me, big softy. And she said, oh, well, you know. And we, we ran outside and, and my brother-in-law was standing there. He was laughing. He goes, oh, you stupid old girls, you know. And I said, look, I do want to go back into the house and just have a look. And um, we'd gone up the hallway and because it was so gloomy, you know, we had the hairs on our um, arms kind of stood on end. But we'd gone past this door and, oh, this cold air, like a gust of cold air, and I screamed and I jumped on my sister and I said, I think that that could be her could have been her room, her bedroom. So you were so thoroughly we just, spooked at this point. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were kind of getting jammed in the hallway to get out, you know. Like, <laughs> who was going to get out first? We ran out the back and my brother-in-law's just laughing, you know. So, um, but It's quite strange that the old alarm clock went off. Yeah, what sort I of know. sound was it? Was it a- One of those really old alarm, you know, with the bells on top and it's so loud. You know, oh. it'd wake the dead. <laughs> Pardon my pun. And <laughs> I've um, enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and um, and it was. I think it was just her to remind me of my dream, and that's exactly what had happened. It just. I went. Ah, oh, that's right. A dream. You know. So yeah. And I just said, look, I don't feel right, and we ended up going home after that. <laughs> yeah, you went. You and so, yeah. at what point did your sister confide in you that she'd found this old cuckoo clock? Well, I because I'd said to her, you know, she before the alarm clock went off, and before I said, look, the lady didn't want us to touch the stuff. She said, well, and then she confided in me on the way home. She said, well, I did find a beautiful little blue cuckoo clock. And she said, I took that home. And she said, I've given it to my daughter Kitty. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, do you think I should take it back? And I said, well, look, if you've got it now, it's better. I mean, the place is going to be bulldozed, so it would be nice if you could 
just hang on to it. So she'd put it up in her daughter Kitty's room. How old was Kitty, Gary? She, she was three. Okay. And then, um, she, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was really working. You know, Jan tried it and, you know, and um, no, it, it just wouldn't work. And so they left it on the wall and Kitty loved it. You know, she was a little girl and, and had a little cute bird sitting out the front. And, you know, it was very, very cute. Mm. And um, so I think it was either made in Germany, Austria, or somewhere like that. Mm. So she hung on to that. But I, as I said, you know, the place was going to be bulldozed. And I said to Jan, well, I'm sure the lady um, wouldn't mind. And we'd found out her name was Esther. And I said, look, it starts with her. And she goes, well, as a matter of fact, that is the lady. So, the oh, lady had so given, Esther you... had given me the, her name, but okay. I'd forgotten. So it was on the deeds. So when my brother-in-law bought the house, it was a deceased estate and her name was on the contract. And her name so was Esther. Her name was Esther. Now, yeah. and then something very interesting went on to happen in Kitty's room. Yes. Well, what had happened, Karina, was um, every night for about a week or so, or maybe two weeks, I'm not sure, Jan and Russell would hear Kitty talking. And sometimes little girls will talk in their sleep or they might wake up and start talking and they just put it down to that. And she said, but it was kind of happening about the same time every night. And my sister Jan said, look, I'm, I'm going to question Kitty in the morning. So she went down and she said, who are you talking to? And are you talking to yourself? And, you know, are you talking? And she said, yes, mummy. She said, the lady that owns the cuckoo clock sits on the end of my bed and her name is Asta. Asta. Well, Kate didn't know the lady's name and she said, maybe you mean Esther. And she said, yes, that could be it, mummy. She said, I thought it was Esther, but maybe that's and, – and Jan said, oh, okay, well, the lady that did own it, her name was Esther, and she said, well, mummy, that lady sits on my bed every night. She's a little old lady and she's really lovely and and she has a, a discussion with me every night, you know, or every early in the morning or whatever. And sometimes Kate would be quite tired, you know, she'd be yawning and so obviously <laughs> I don't know what Esther was talking about. <laughs> I don't know, but um, so, obviously kept Kate yeah. awake. So mm, Kitty she, is short yeah. for Kate. Kitty is short for yes, or nickname right. for Kate. And so yes. um, little Kitty had no idea about the old lady who, you know, her home, her dad was bulldozing and that her name was Esther. And so she, and out of nowhere she tells her mum that she's talking with Esther. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She had, Well, she wouldn't have known. Jan wouldn't have told a three-year-old daughter, look, we've got a bulldoze his house and the lady's name's Esther. She, she just said, look, I found this clock over at this house. She didn't go into all the details. So Esther obviously told her, Kitty, her name. Mm. So because Jan said, how did you know her name? She said, we, and Jan had said to me, Kerry, I didn't let Kate, Kitty know. She said, I, you know, why would I, you know, so. How did she, your sister you know, feel about this happening, well, this turn of events? Bit, yeah, she, um, well, we kind of opened to that sort of thing. I mean, she didn't want Kitty to get alarmed or scared. So she just said, oh, okay, and what do you talk about? And I suppose a three-year-old girl doesn't always remember. She says, mummy, she just talks to me. She says, I don't remember yeah, three everything. is she very said, little. She yeah. Talk, yeah, it is. So she just said she owns the clock. You know, kids will say what they need to say. They don't go into a big discussion. She just said, Esther talks to me. She's a lovely lady. 
She sits on my bed. She doesn't stay long, and she tells me she owns the clock. That's about all she said. And she wasn't spooked because I suppose when you're three, maybe you don't understand the spirit world. So Jan didn't want to alarm her. Yeah, as makes such. sense. It so makes she sense. never said, "Oh, oh my God, this is this is terrible. She's a ghost," or you know, no, that's good. Kid would have. <laughs> So she played it down and she said, oh, that's nice, okay. Um, Or maybe Esther wants her clock back or something like that. So I think that's how Jan got around it. So So the house (laughs) went on to be bulldozed. But it's not the end of the story because what happened, please, Kerry, when Kitty was around 10 years old? Well, it's like a show and tell and they had to write a story about things. So Jan said, well, why don't you talk about that story about, you know, Esther and the clock and all this sort of stuff. And and then, of course, Kitty had questioned it and said, well, what did happen, Mum? And so Jan went on thinking that at that age she was probably open to and it, but it kind of spooked her only because, and I'll tell you why, so Kitty had, Jan and Kitty had written this little story and she took it into school read it out to the class and told everyone. And then it was really weird because Esther appeared in their a new house. So they'd moved from where they were. And um and anyway, um so Esther had visited her and she was sitting Kitty had like a, a little seat, window seat, and she said that she'd woken up and there's Esther. <laughs> oh my gosh, did she still have the cuckoo clock in her room? No, she'd actually got rid of it. She'd actually, my sister had given, but Esther, had, because she'd written the story and I think maybe Esther had said, oh, you you know, you're talking about me and maybe that's brought Esther back. Mm. So Jan would hear Kitty get up in the middle of the night and go to her brother's room and, she, and, and Jan said, what are you doing? How do you get up? And she said, oh, that lady's sitting on the window every night. So we've got a, a cousin in Yorkshire and she's quite psychic. So we rang her. And told her what was going on and what did we need to do. And she said, well, obviously she's she's um, in between worlds, you know, so she's probably lost and and wants to go back to wherever and, and you have to send her to the light. So Jan did a little ceremony. I think she might have got a candle. I don't really know. I don't know all the details, mm-hmm. but Jan basically said, come on, Esther, you have to move on because Kate was quite spooked by it, even though she wasn't a bad ghost. She was a beautiful Lovely soul and beautiful, but still, you don't want a ghost sitting on your bed no, <laughs> in your window every night. It, so it can be very confronting. From everything that I've heard interviewing people over the years who remember seeing things when they're little, you know, yeah. at that point, Kitty was ten, and does she remember? Well, actually, I know that you've said she doesn't like to talk about it to this day. She remembers everything, wow. but she will after that. After that experience, and Esther did move on. And Jan had got rid of the clock long before they'd moved to this other house. I think she took it to Vinny's or something like that. So God help those poor buggers that got <laughs> the <laughs> clock. But anyway, Esther's moved on. So she's not coming back, well, as far as we know. Yeah. And Jan said that she never visited again. So, But I, I cannot to this day still talk to Kitty about it. She goes, no, 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 I want to carry it. I don't want to hear about it. Don't even go there. So it's, you know, we don't. <laughs> And so she's in her mid twenties now, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Gosh. we we don't go there. <laughs> we don't talk about it. But my sister and I talk about it. We like to 
bring it up every now and again and I've told lots of people the story and they love it. So It is a nice story um, but to think that she came back and sat on the window seat. But I know, I know, Kerry, that these events with Esther so inspired you that you ended up writing a story about it yourself, a fictional story. Yeah, yeah look, um, I think maybe she gone through me to write that story. That's the feeling, you know, we discussed that, that maybe, you know, so I, I kind of wanted to bring back, give her that respect mm-hmm. about the house and perhaps she had a family and I didn't, I felt so sad that the house was being bulldozed. So I gave her a life and mm-hmm. perhaps she was writing through me. Perhaps she she made a story. So we talked about the cuckoo clock and her life in the house and four children and, and you know, her life and what they ate and, and um, daily life and how her husband went off to war and he'd sent the cuckoo clock um, for where, from where he was posted. But he sadly he died after he'd sent the cuckoo clock. So this is in my story. In your story, yeah. And so yeah. in the story he never came home. He didn't come home, mm. but he'd sent all these beautiful letters and how he loved her and and he loved the children and missed the children and he would talk about his life in the war and what was she doing and write to me and I was still very much in love and, and I've sent you this clock and, you know, I want you hanging up and every time the little bird comes out you'll think of me and I wanted for her to have some sort of memory. So you, you memorialised her, which is lovely. I did. And, and that's one of the reasons I love storytelling so much because, yeah. you know, it is a tribute. And as yeah. you say, like, yes, you wrote it as fiction, yeah. but who knows how much of it was fiction well, and how much Esther was. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, you know, and and the story was also about Esther finding us in her house and how and we talked about how she contacted me and she was looking at us. We see her and she described my sister and I and what were we doing here and she was scared and how she was lonely and cold and you know so I sort of and then then I, and then we'd gone through these letters in the story yeah and um she said oh and my I was crying because they were talking about my husband and and you know they were reading out the story and and she said she was sitting in the dark you know like in the cold lounge room and her tears started to flow and that was all part of the story. I'm well, getting all emotional. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite chilling to think that that day that you were in that house, perhaps she was sitting there in the dark in the lounge room when you felt the cold I, cold burst of air. I do. She was there. Mm-hmm. I know she was there because why else would she contact me? And then then the alarm clock going off and she and that's what I feel that maybe I had written this letter and she was guiding me to um sorry the story. Yeah. Um and perhaps she was guiding me and then it all ended with my sister. This is and this was the story side of it that she taken the cuckoo clock down and um and in, and she went to open up the back and first found a tiny little piece of paper and she got her fingernails and pulled it out and there was a tiny little love letter from her husband Mm. saying this clock was for you and how I love you and she never knew it was there and and my sister had pulled out the little, you know. So I gave it a beautiful ending. That's lovely. (laughs) And you know what? The thing is that all of these years later, Esther's not forgotten because we're here talking about her today and her family and her home so that's, you know, that's quite a beautiful thing. So I really yeah. thank you for sharing the story with us today. It's a, it's a lovely sort of little slice of our past, of Australia's past as well. 
So, Kerry, yeah. I can't let you go without asking, what can an encounter with the dead teach us about living, do you think? To live in the moment. Um, everybody has a story. We we live in such an insular world these days with computers and, and phones and all sorts of things, and everyone has a story, whether they're dead, whether they're alive. That's what she was trying to say. Look, it's it's not about the house being bulldozed. You know, people have lives, you know, whether they've passed on or not. Take time out to talk to people. Find out about people. Everyone has a story and give them the respect for that. That's, you know? that's a lovely message and I can't think of, yeah, a better way to end. So thank you so oh, very much, you. Kerry. That's a really lovely story. Have a great thank day. Thank you so much, Karina. Thank you. I want to quickly take a moment to thank the listeners who've reviewed the show. I so enjoy reading your feedback and would like to encourage you all to subscribe to The Ghost Files and leave us a review as that helps more listeners discover the show. Thank you.